forever holy, forever worthy, forever faithful. We can spend hours and days and years just proclaiming all the things that you are, God. All the things that you've been, all the ways that you have provided, all the ways that you have blessed, all the ways that you have protected, the things that we don't even see, God. But help us to have a heart that says forever holy, forever worthy, forever deserving of the praise you are, God. Give us minds to focus on you and your word alone today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Wow. Do we have an awesome worship team or what? Amen. Thank you, Matt. And the team, yes. Um, hi, everyone. Uh, John and Laura Lolly here. Uh, last week, obviously, we saw some videos from uh, Kyle in Cambodia. Uh, so we know we're serving uh, there in Cambodia through Kyle. Um, we've seen some Uganda videos. We know we've uh, actually had teams traveling to Uganda in uh, recent months. Uh, we've heard from the Gavalettes. We know that they're uh, serving on mercy ships. And uh, Laura and I are sort of the final installment of mission updates from Peru. Uh, we traveled there in February. Uh, and we all know that uh, COVID's creating uh, challenges for travel. Um, and our purpose for being there was to love people, right? We, we're a church that believes in loving Jesus and loving people. And having been to Peru uh, numerous times, we really felt the separation that COVID created. And we just wanted to, to touch them, hug them, and encourage them. And I think the pictures that you're seeing are sort of the leaders. Uh, so first and foremost, we wanted to, to be with the leaders. And they've expanded their ministry into Lima, into Cusco, and into the Sacred Valley. And so some of the, the names that you're seeing on here in Lima uh, many of you know these folks, Mateo, Valet, and I have a child now, Sophia. So that's awesome. And then in Cusco, uh, Coco, Fio, and Gabrielle have gotten a new assignment. They were out at the mission center, and now they're in Cusco. And then, of course, Cesar and his family, they've expanded quite a bit. Uh, they have two children, uh, Joy and Paz. Um, peace, yeah. So we, we, we went primarily... Uh, yeah, Mitchie and Yannette and their young family, they're sort of our adopted family. And then I'm going to let Laura talk about this lovely, lovely couple. But that was our, our mission number one was to just hug the leaders, uh, speak encouragement to them, and then we'll talk about home churches next. You can imagine how difficult COVID was here on the lockdown or whatever. Imagine that in a third world country. And uh, we had family members of the church, if you will, um, lose family members to COVID because if you didn't have 3,000 American dollars, you were not even seen. So um, they have very strict guidelines still, uh, mask mandates. Um, the police will come to you, and if you're not wearing a mask, and you will be visited with. I mean, it's pretty intense. So, but we saw God moving, which is amazing, amazing. Do you want me to do this, Pastor? Yeah. Okay, so this couple here, they have a daughter who is probably in her 30s. Her name is Charta. And Charta has been with the group for as long as I can remember. And so Charta started bringing her mom to home groups and um, home church, or we call it. And the dad refused to be part of it, which is amazing um, because Charta 
we have talked and visited, and I know that Ms. Seals have, over the years, and um, her dad just could not get past the Catholicism and the, I guess, Inca beliefs, and it's a big stereotype there. And um, we were in tears because he is now a separate Christ. He now leads a home church at his house Amen. that averages about 15 to 20 people. So um, they were very upset that we couldn't come to their house and visit, but we only had a week. But it's, I thanked his wife for not giving up. And um, it's amazing just a little constant encouragement and, and showing God's love. And uh, so now he is a leader of a home church, which is just amazing. So. All right, our second, whoa, a little hot there. Uh, our second purpose was the home, the home church or small groups, connect groups is I think what we would call them. And so we were first in Lima, and there's an apartment uh, home church there. Uh, in Cusco, uh, we were there for their first in-person meeting of their leaders. So, you know, Andy Bob will sometimes gather us around as leaders and have a meeting. We were there for their, for their first meeting, which was pretty special. This is a home church. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Um, and then in the Sacred Valley, they have various uh, home, home groups that meet in uh, we'll call them homes. Sometimes they're homes. Sometimes they're kind of the outbuilding where they do different activities. Um, but we got to participate in those worship services. And, you know, going abroad uh, or going anywhere outside of your normal cultural understanding is a powerful worship experience if you haven't done it. Um, because you experience Jesus in a different way. Because no matter what our language, no matter what our skin color, you know, it's still Jesus, and we all suffer from the same problem, which is a sin problem. I'm going to share a funny story about this one. I'm sorry. This is in Lima, and they just moved there, so they really don't have a lot of people. And it's not really funny, but Johnny's mom had just passed away, and they were singing songs that were in Spanish, and they said, is there a song you would like to sing? And Johnny explained the song, When We All Get to Heaven. Well, they didn't have it. It wasn't translated. So Johnny says to me, by the way, Lima is hot. It's not winter like it is in Cusco where we were headed. So I'm already wearing sleeping clothes, if you will. And he says, uh, come on, we'll just sing it. I go, no, we won't. <laughs> he said, yeah, you can sing acapella. So we start singing, and I realize Edith, who is sitting right there holding the iPad, she speaks no English. So us two are singing we all get to heaven it's acapella by ourselves. And this lady, this no, the lady's just looking at me. And I said, hold on. So I find it. And then she, was, then she starts crying. Oh, it's beautiful. I said, yeah, it's interpretation. Like, can you imagine what she was thinking? When, anyway, it was just, uh, <laughs> it was very uncomfortable. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm done. Oh, okay. Okay, so these are all the leaders, and um, it was phenomenal. The energy in that room and the willingness and the, the passion to build his kingdom is just amazing. And these people all have full-time jobs, and they hold home churches at their house, and they all average about 10 to 15. They started out with just, like, one home group. I think they have 14 in Cusco now. Um, it's just amazing, and it's just like they're our family. You go home to see them, and it's just a beautiful thing they started out with is called uh, two or more they don't do that anymore and the focus is the whole family not just reaching the teens about things so yes 
So the, the, final, the final section there was uh, the mission center. So the mission center is focused on numerous missions, right? Uh, they, they support an orphanage, which is obviously very powerful. Uh, they support what's called a work-life program. And we've heard through the Uganda ministry, you know, getting people to work is a tremendous blessing. Uh, and, and in that program, being able to share the gospel uh, can not only change people's sort of earthly perspective, but can change their eternity. I've never uh, eaten so much food in my entire life because they keep wanting to show you what they Right. So these, these photos here are graduates of the 2019 program, which was a small group, but they are basically the work-life program is teaching young uh, people skills, skills in the hospitality industry primarily, uh, cooking, cleaning, and, and those things. So they say, hey, we want to take you around and introduce these people to you. Well, they all, we ate at every place, and they usually worked at uh, ice cream shops or whatnot. Um, but, um, but the neat thing is when they go to the work program, just to tell you how important this is, um, they're, they're fed the work the whole time. And so then they become leaders and they go back into their community or they find a job and then they become leaders of a home church as well. It's a beautiful thing. And um, it's just, it's a blessing. It's just, it's just a blessing. So as we uh, wrapped up, Let's do the picture of a lady with a hat, Emma. I'm saying it was number nine. I'm sorry. Here we go. Okay, so we're out with, his name is Israel. He was our translator. He's from Cusco. He's a home church fellow as well. Phenomenal guy, very funny. And this is, um, what is her name? Je Nicolosa. Nicolosa is the, the lady with a hat, but what is, is it, Winnie? Winnie? Winnie's at the work group. She... Um, was working the potato fields, and I mean hardcore fields. She and her daughter, and she's a widow, so her daughter helps her pulling up potatoes hand by hand, and it's an all-day thing, and it is miserable. It is a hardcore job. And the crazy thing about this is um, her daughter works with her so they can provide somewhere to sleep. Now, a lot of us have chicken coops, I'm sure, and we have um, dog houses, and those are probably 10 times greater, nicer, than what she lives in. Um, she's very, very appreciative, and she has nothing, nothing. So Johnny grabs her hands and tells her she's beautiful, and, you know, is there anything we can do for you? And do you know what she asked for? You know, everybody's thinking, oh, she wanted money or she wanted food. And she says, I have three other children that don't know about Christ, and could you pray that they will learn about Jesus Christ? Amen. And so that is what Peru is all about, is spreading the word evangelism. So that just really moved me because... Oh, and then that night after working in the fields, she came to home church. And home church is not like, oh, we're going to have a meal and sit down and visit. It is hardcore. Read the Bible. Let's dig in, which is phenomenal. But it can go to 11, midnight, without a blink, and then they get up, crack a dawn, and start over again. Yeah, they, they sleep kind of like elf. They got a good four hours, and they're ready to go. Um, so as we, as we wrapped up our time, we spent some time with Cesar asking about needs um, they had an immediate need for scholarships for the next round of students, which we were able, this church was able to support via some emails to some folks in the room. So that was a blessing. Thank you. Uh, we, our church also provided some funding for bunk beds because uh, these students will live on this mission center campus and they just sort of bunk house, kind of like what we have when we go on some of our retreats here at the church. Um, they're open for 
they're open for tour uh, for groups, mission groups. They've already had a few this summer. Um, obviously, we, we have opportunities to go there this summer uh, to work with the work-life students, to do evangelism. Uh, God has blessed them with a pediatrician that's living currently at the mission center, U.S. trained. It's a real awesome thing because they want to be involved in medical missions. So they're going to do a medical mission in October if our church wants to support that. Um, please chat with Mike Masil or myself, and we'll be trying to round out some folks that might be able to uh, participate in, in the medical missions. And I think with that, that is our update, Lee. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, he's not going to help you, so I'll help you. All right, because Gia said to. That's why we do it. So how many of y'all were listening today and said, you know, I think the Lord wants me to go to Peru. Raise your hand. Holy Spirit, one, two. Any Lord spoke to y'all back there? Going to go to Peru? Angie's three. Over here, four. Back there. Five, any over here? Okay, we got six people. I saw that hand. No, she looked in the purse, so I saw that hand. So uh, y'all go to Peru because the Lord told you to. The second reason to go to Peru is you get to see that, that uh, Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu. I've seen pictures of it. It is absolutely gorgeous. Once-in-a-lifetime trip. And in Cusco... The reason why they're training these folks to work in there is people want to see that desperately, and that that'll be their number one, their bucket list. It's that kind of place. But you can go serve Jesus and then get to go do that as well. So give that a consideration. Matthew chapter 7. Last week we looked at Matthew chapter 6 at the end. It says, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious because you're too important to God. He's going to take care of you. And he said, Jesus said, look at the birds, look at the lilies of the field. Aren't you more important than they are? And if God takes care of the birds and God takes care of the lilies and he adorns them in such a beautiful uh, clothing, isn't he going to take care of you? And that's what Jesus had to say. And Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to have enough worries for itself. You just focus on today. How many had a better week of worrying less? Anyone? Thank you. Anybody else? That a boy, thank you. Anybody? All right, you got a few hands. All right, good. It's, it's uh, uh, always uh, important that we do what the Lord says for us to do. Worry less and trust more. Pray more and worry less. And so turn your worries into prayer. Now to Matthew chapter 7. Jesus says, judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye, you hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Hmm. 
So we begin with judge not, and then he ends in verse 5 with, you can see clear enough to take the speck out of your brother's eye. That's an interesting thing. We might need to talk about that. Jesus taught us, is teaching us, unconditional love. That is crystal clear. Jesus teaches unconditional love. We are to love people with no strings attached. We are to love people just as they are. We are to love people without expecting anything in return. We are to be people of love. Jesus says we will be known as his people by our love for one another. So Jesus wants us to be unconditional lovers. So yes, indeed, without question, Jesus today teaches unconditional love. But Jesus does not teach unconditional approval. He does not teach anywhere in the scripture unconditional approval. Today, here in the 2022s, it's really important that we not misread what Jesus has to say here in the do not judge passage. It's very important that we do not misunderstand it, that we don't focus um, in, in an imbalanced way about what Jesus has to say here, that we get the whole picture and we understand as well as we can what Jesus is talking about in these six verses. Because verse 6 says, Do not give dogs what is holy. Oh, man, that's, that's a struggle. Here we go. We're talking about dogs, and then we're going to talk about pigs. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs. Now, when you read that, you wonder, what in the world could that possibly mean? Is Jesus calling some people dogs and some people pigs? Yep. <laughs> he is. But you remember, Jesus has called us to unconditional love. Did Jesus unconditionally love people? Absolutely. No one loves quite like Jesus. Right? So, he's not hating them. He's loving them. But at the same time, he's saying, don't give what is sacred. Don't give what is holy to dogs and pigs because they will trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. So we need to really take a look at this. But verses 1 and 2, what's it saying here? Verses 1 and 2 is saying, judge not. Sure is. Judge not. And he says, if you judge people, using the term, using this word, the definition is, if you judge people, you will experience judgment yourself. And not only will you experience judgment yourself, but you will experience the measure of the judgment that you have judged with. So if you judge someone, If you judge someone, you condemn someone, you write someone off, you judge them, you will be judged. I will be judged if I judge someone. If I look at the appearance of someone and make a judgment, I will be judged by the same measure in which I have judged someone. Judge not that you not be judged, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged 
and with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. This word judgment here means to condemn, to destroy, to tear down, to to criticize to the point of no return. Now, we are in violation of judging when we use words like, I hate you, I can't stand him, I loathe her, she makes me sick. Now, it's not so much the words that we say, but the condition of my heart. She comes walking in in new clothes, new dress, new fancy boots, and she's got her hair all the deal, and the girls go around and go, she makes me sick. Look at her. She thinks she's all that in a bag of chips. That's judging. That's judging. God gets a new bass boat, pulls it by your house, driving real slow, and you look out there and go, despicable human being. Let me tell you, when I judge that guy is where on Sunday morning, he goes driving by my house real slow, and he sees me walking out to my truck, and he'll go, Hope you burn in hell, you sorry sucker. (laughs) Judging, right? Judging. We judge when we think the worst of people. There you go. You know, you're breaking the command here when you think the worst of people. You are judging people when you hear bad news and your face goes, oh no, that's horrible. But inside you're going, hallelujah. Hallelujah. When we speak to other people only about their faults, we're judging them. You need to maybe take a little writing, a little, little journaling, and take a look at how do you speak about old so-and-so? When you talk about so-and-so, when you speak to old so-and-so, is all that's on your mind when you think about them, when you talk about them, when you talk to them, is their faults? You're judging them. We judge an entire life by their worst moments. Mm, that's judgment. That's, that's, we got to be careful of that. Some of us have had some worst moments, right? But it's a worst moment. It doesn't mean who we are. we got to be careful about judging on people's whole life by their worst moments. We, we judge, we break the command not to judge, when we judge the hidden motives of other people, when we have words like this, I guarantee you the only reason they did that is because of this. And it's not a real wholesome motive that we have in mind. That's judgment. That's judgment. When we lose hope that any repentance can happen, that old boy is so bad, there's no way in the world he'll ever turn around. Judgment. We should never, ever lose hope. When we write people off, that's judgment when we're done with them, right? All of us struggle with that. All of us got people in our lives that we're done with if we're not careful. We got to learn that. Never be done with anybody. Jesus' people are never done with anybody. We might be distant. It may be toxic and we're separated. It may be very careful relationship that we proceed with but we're not done with them. That's not what we do. We don't write people off. We always are hoping that there's going to be a response, a return to things. So verse 1 and 2 says, Judge not, lest you be judged. It sure says it clears the day. Verse 3, 
Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Speck and log, log and speck. Verse 4, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. So Jesus says that when we have a log in our own eye and we can't see for the speck, see the speck in someone else's eye, we're a hypocrite. Jesus is telling us that we can never, ever disapprove of someone until we have examined ourselves first. That's what he's saying here. So, I know it's really silly and stupid, but this is what Jesus said. You just take a little speck. Come here, Cole. I've already picked on John. Come here. <laughs> By comparison, will you say that's a speck? Indeed. Okay, speck, take. Yeah. All right, come on up here. Put that in your eye now. <laughs> y'all see that? Do y'all see that? Y'all see that? Does that look stupid? Jesus is saying to us, thank you, Cole, it is stupid. It is foolish. It is really irresponsible for you and for me to focus on a speck in someone else's eye when we've got a log in our own eye. Well, I can't see nothing. I can't see a speck. I can't even see what color eyes you got with this, right? That's crazy. Well, Jesus says, isn't it crazy when you quickly judge someone, thinking you know all about them, thinking you know what's best for them, thinking you know what's right for them, when, you, when you've got so much log, so much sin, so much craziness in your own life, and you're going to judge them. Now, Jesus, remember, is training disciples to go into all the world and make disciples, to be missionaries, to be people that make disciples who make disciples. If you and I are going to be a mission with him, we are going to see all kinds of crazy. If you want to see all kinds of crazy at work, at school, at, 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 in your neighborhood, start sharing the gospel with people and start com uh, communicating with them about spiritual truth. And I'm here to tell you, the crazy is going to just leap out. And you're going to see that just like us, people got problems. Just like us, people have weaknesses. Just like us, people displease the Lord. And we've got to understand that. And what Jesus is saying here, none of us are going to be able to help someone else get the speck out of their eye until we first deal with the log that's in our own eye. Now, you know how that works? It takes the pride away. It takes the pride away. It, it raises up the humility. It gives us the right leverage with people. It gives us the right perspective to have with someone. We go to them in the right way. 
If we first examine ourselves and, 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 and we look at our own life, we're saying, I'm not perfect. I never will be. I'm struggling. I got many things I struggle with. And, and probably the reason why you are so uh, built up with frustration over the other person's speck is because it's what you struggle with. Or it's a struggle that a loved one's had and, and you just won't stand for it. And you come in with guns a-blazing and you judge them. You judge them. Jesus says that that is as foolish as trying to take out someone's speck when you got a log in your eye. That's why Jesus told the men who caught the woman in adultery that were going to stone her, they, he said to them, you who have never sinned, y'all chunk that first stone. They couldn't do it. Jesus says, you hypocrite. So when we judge other people without examining ourselves first, we're a hypocrite. Jesus says, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. You will see clearly. So we are not to judge with a log in our eye. We are to take the log out. And with love, and with grace, and with redemption and restoration in mind, and with tenderness and forgiveness and mercy, we might begin to address the speck that is in someone else's eye. But not until we deal with the log that's in our own eye. Not until. Today, modern day world, today, judging is a weapon of unbelievers. Judge not is the weapon of unbelievers. Don't judge me, bro. Don't judge me. You've heard that, hadn't you? Don't judge me. I like chick flicks. Don't judge me. I'm judging you, man. If you like chick flicks, I'm judging you. Don't judge me, man. You know, I'm wearing white after Memorial Day. Don't judge me. Or is it white? I don't remember how it works. I don't wear white after. I don't care. But that's beside the point. I don't know where that came from. Don't judge me. And what is happening in our world today is the unbelieving world, the, the world that we don't approve of. Unconditional love, Jesus taught. Jesus didn't teach unconditional approval. We don't approve of lifestyle. It's not what the Bible says. We don't approve of uh, perspective, opinion, of what people believe in today. That's, that's because it's in... It's in confliction, it's confliction with the truth that we have in the Scripture. And you see, for us, it's not controversial. But to them, it's controversial. We've got to learn to navigate that in today's world. And I think that verse 6 tells us how. I think verses 1 through 5 give us a foundation. In verse 6, do not throw what is sacred, what is holy, to pigs and dogs because they will trample it, they will turn against you, is the understanding we need to have to be able to deal with this world that will use any truth that we hold on to 
any, any opinion that we have about what the Scripture has to say that's not controversial to us, but it's controversial to the world that we begin to navigate. You have conversations. Someone says, what about this? I believe the Bible says this is what I believe. And they go, oh, don't judge me. You're judging me. You see, people out there today, if you disagree with their lifestyle, if you disagree with their opinions, then you're judging them. And, and we got to get over that. They're always going to do that. They're going to come up with better and better tools and weapons against truth. And we've got to deal with that. You see, one of the struggles that we have in the church is this. It's a natural thing. The, the Christian people that have got the Bible plus the church minus culture, the Bible plus the church minus culture, they tend to be fundamentalists because they're not looking at culture. And they look primarily about truth and about the church and the ongoings, but they don't pay any attention to the culture. And then you have the church plus culture minus the Bible, and you have liberals, the liberal thought. And what I believe Jesus says is we need to be careful that we don't go into those two ways, either one of those two ways. Because it is security to have the Bible plus the church minus culture, then we don't have to deal with people's mess, right? It's an easier go. We explain everything. We know everything. We have all the answers. We get into in the holy huddle, and we only deal with each other's junk. And, and, and we have learned to navigate each other's junk through avoidance, through pretending, through lying, through hypocritical actions, right? And we're good at it in the body of Christ. We're not meeting any needs, but we're good at it. But it's easier because we live in our own little silo, our own little world, and we don't deal with anybody else's junk. And the other side of that is church plus culture equal, minus the Bible. And then you're going, just, just tolerate everyone. Welcome everyone. And you see that this denomination, they, they are saying they are going to embrace homosexuality. They're going to embrace adultery. They're going to embrace sexual sins. They're going to embrace this. They're going to embrace that. And, and we hear them and go, oh my gosh, man, that's, that's backwards. That's against what God wants. And so there's got to be a balance. And it's Bible plus church plus culture equals what Jesus wants, in my opinion. Now, culture is not bigger than the Bible. And the church is not bigger than the Bible. The Bible is number one. What Jesus had to say, what God's Word has to say, that's number one. And then the church, is what, what the people gather together to believe is number two, and their function and, and what takes place. And then the culture, but the culture's embraced. Because Jesus says we are to go into all the world and make disciples. That world is the culture. That world is the culture. Different ways of thinking, different ways of living, different beliefs, different viewpoints about truth. And viewpoints that said, what you believe is controversial in our world. You remember uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines, Fixer Upper. I like the show. I thought it was cool. I like Chip. I've never met Chip. I was at a basketball game down at Baylor, and we could see that he was across the way, and I want to say, I want to just go over there and shake his hand, but, you know, nah, not going to do that. 
So, uh, and when we were leaving, we saw them walking out, and everybody at Baylor loves Chip and Joanna, you know, and they're, they're just trying to navigate with their family. But I love that show. I thought he was fun. I thought she was great too, but I, I liked him. You know, he says, I can run through that wall. No, you can't. You're, you're crazy. I can climb that tree. Well, you, you know, I, he jumped in the water with his boots on. I mean, you know, he's just fun. I go, man, I like to hang out with a guy like that. You know, he'd run through the wall, hit the stud, and knocked himself out and all those kind of things. Just, just in, but, but you could tell. Now, Amy told me that they were believers early on. And I said, well, I'm not surprised by that. Just how they act and what's going on. Do you remember the controversy? The controversy they went through that depends on which articles you read about it may have been the very controversy that caused them not to want to do that show anymore. I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe they were just done with it. I'm sure it's not easy to show. But um, the controversy. Their pastor preached a sermon that marriage is for men and women only. Their pastor. I don't even know if they were at church that day. I don't know. They weren't at church that day. But their pastor said that it's very clear, and it is very clear, by the way, God made Adam and Eve, first marriage. In Matthew 19, Jesus said marriage is for one man and one woman. It says it. It's not controversial to me. I don't believe that a man should marry a man. I don't believe that a woman should marry a woman. And I don't believe that woman in England should have married her cat. I think that I, you don't marry your cat. But she did. But I don't, I, to me, it's not controversy. I've already, I've already settled in my mind. If two men, back when all that was heyday, people said, what would you do if two men or two ladies come up and ask you to be married? I'd say, no, thank you. I'm not going to marry you. Why? Well, because I don't believe it's the right way. You hate me. I don't hate you. I just don't approve of it. And I'm not going to do it. And by the way, there's been some other people that I hadn't married too because I thought they were just morons. They don't need to get married. And I told them. Now, it hadn't happened very often, but they said, no way you need to marry that guy because it's going to be horrible. And they, you know, stamped out mad at me and and mom calls, and Aunt Bob calls. Why in the world are you going to marry them? What do you think you are? You know why I ain't marrying them. You know better than I do. You still got the guts to tell them. But it was controversial in the world. And social media took it and went nuts with it. You know what they said? Chip and Joanna are bigots, hateful, uncaring, you know, judgers of all things. And people just went crazy and, and through media and through other means, the, the, the TV station got all kinds of communication and people said, we're going to stop buying palm olive oil because, you know, those boys, they have it on the show, whatever it was. And it was a big problem. It was a big problem. If you want to have a TV show, you need to go to another church. Just telling you, warning you. If you want to have a TV show, go to another church now and, and get you some distance in there because you don't want them hearing what I say from time to time, do you? Matter of fact, if you want to be the President of the United States, go to another church. It won't end well for you. Can you imagine if, they, if a news reporter came and said, 
you know, so-and-so is running for president of the United States, and they attend Church of the Cross in Lido, and here's their pastor. <laughs> that won't end well. You get it? You get it. Jesus says that we need to have, we need to have a relationship with people. We need to have a relationship with the world that is sound. Judge not, lest you be judged. You'll be judged in the same way you judge the people. Don't judge anybody else. Don't look at a speck in someone else's eye if you've got a log in your own. Get, take care of business. And when you remove the log from your own eye, then you can see clearly to remove the speck out of someone else's eye. That's good positioning. That's earning the right through love to conversate with someone. That's earning the right. That's, that's working towards the privilege with love to be able to communicate what would be hard truth to people. We do that by not judging. We do that through humility. We do that through respect. The people have got to know that we respect them. The people have got to see humility. They need to hear from us the truth. And the truth is, we're not better than anybody else. We just have been born again. We have faith. We have the faith that we want them to have. But here are some lessons to help us, I think, get us where we need to be in this judge-me-not world that we're in. Number one, truth first. Always first. Biblical truth. Never compromised. Never apologized for. Always spoken with love, absolutely, but truth first. Jesus is the only way to go to heaven. That's truth. Jesus' death on the cross is the only thing that pays the price of our sin. That's truth. Jesus has a marriage between a man and a woman. That's true, not, not controversial. Jesus is against all sexual sins, equally adultery, homosexuality, equally. We should not pick homosexuality as the worst of all sexual sins and ignore adultery. Jesus would say that's hypocrisy. And we need to be sure that we treat people equally in those terms. Fornication, equally with adultery and homosexuality. One is not worse than the other, but it's sin. And we don't approve of it, but we love. We are called to unconditionally love people. We are not called to unconditionally approve of people. And guess what? You can love people and not approve of their life, of their opinions. That needs to be the balance that we hold to because if we don't, we will be silenced. We will be, we will be, we'll be pushed away as, as unimportant unnecessary in this world that we live in today unless we learn to deal fire with fire and learn to be, as Jesus said, as shrewd as the world. And that means that we need to be founded in love, based in truth, just girded in truth, just truth comes from the deeps of our heart and we are sold out about truth. And we're not apologizing for it. We're not going to cower down. We're not going to quit. We're not going to be silenced about truth, but we're going to do it Jesus' way. We're not going to judge, but we're not going to improve. 
approve of things. And we are going to look at our own sin first and be as humble and as respectful and loving as, as Jesus has asked us to be and deal with people's sin and speak to them with truth, love. Truth first, respect and humility. Number two, you got to respect them and you've got to be humble. And that is by analyzing, examining your own log. The truth of the matter is, is this. When it really comes down to it, you're going to have to learn, I'm going to have to learn, that we treat, be, we treat people better than they are able to treat us. Unattached strings is how we love. The fourth thing. This is the fatal flaw. This is the judging that's very difficult to recover from. We must not judge other people by a standard that we are willing to follow ourselves. We must not judge people by a standard that we aren't willing to follow ourselves. We are bad at that, Christian people. We, the church, the body of Christ, we're bad at that. We judge other people by a standard that we don't hold ourselves or others to. We've got to really examine ourselves of that. The fifth thing is we got to get tough. We got to get thin, thick skinned, and we have got to be absolutely full of convictions in this antichrist world in which we are in today. You need to be able to send your child and their one believer against 15 unbelievers, and they're going to survive it. They're going to be okay. You got to teach them. You got to show them. You can't expect the church to do it because we only get one hour a week if we're lucky, one hour a month if we're lucky, right? You got to do it at home. You got to teach them, train them, show them. They need to be thick skinned. They need to be sure of themselves. They need to have Christ's esteem and they need to be able to navigate this world. With, without any kind of fear of man or, or fear of being judged or fear of not being appreciated and loved. You may have to start with baseball. If your kid gets sixth place, they don't get a trophy. Start there. Oh, honey, how wonderful you got sixth place. Y'all were the worst team in the league, but you look good in uniform. No, they're sixth. Oh, go out and practice. The reason why you're sixth place is because you're not any good. <laughs> they need to hear the truth. They need to get tough. We can't raise up kids like the world's raising up kids. The battle for truth, let me tell you, the battle for truth is painful and it's difficult but it's absolutely worth it. The battle for truth, the battle for what God has said, the battle for what is not controversial, it's a painful and difficult battle, but it's worth the struggle. 
It's worth the struggle. Judge not, lest you be judged in the same way, in the same amount of judgment. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't judge other people's speck while there's a log in your own eye. And the dogs and the pigs were the most evil in some minds, the most uh, useless animals. The dog wasn't a pet. The dog just roamed around and ate out of the dump. Not what we do. And the pigs, according to the Old Testament, were the worst of all the animals. They weren't to be around a pig. Don't give your pearls in truth to a world that will stamp out. Earn the right to talk with them. Father, we pray your will be done. We pray, Lord, that we will all grow in this understanding of judging versus approving. Judging versus disapproving. That we learn, Lord, that we are to love. But Lord, that doesn't mean that we approve. But Lord, it means that we disapprove with love. Help us, Lord. We all need to grow in this regard. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, come forward for our offering, please.